Welcome to the Real Buckstock Podcast. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Be sure to follow us at Real Buckstock on all social media platforms. I'm your host, Michael Plus, and join, as always, my co-host, Mark Ramirez. And Mark, the Buccaneers have won two in a row, finally. They have done it. Uh, they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 28-11. to And, you know, I don't think this was any shock or surprise. Um, you know, we talked about it on Friday, I believe. Yeah. And... Um, you know, we pretty much saw the matchups, and it pretty much favored the Buccaneers, and they took care of business. They only had the one turnover, and they caused, I think, what, they had four today? Or it seemed like a bunch, but uh, did a really good job. Uh, defense, again, with another good performance, and, you know, the Buccaneers kind of just cruised this one out. Yeah, so, yeah, we, we called it out how their strengths fit our, or our strengths against them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stopping the run. Just don't let Leonard Fournette go. And he only had 38 yards against us. Exactly. That's compared to what he was getting. They said he was six mm-hmm. in the league and running or just rushing yards. And right. his average was 86. Okay, that's a far cry from what he usually gets. Mm-hmm. So kudos to the Bucks on that. And just, I mean, looking at it, our defense won us the game. Yeah. The biggest thing is always going to the offense into the Jameis Winston saga again. He had one turnover, truly his fault. Mm. What are you doing? Why are you spinning around? You're up. Your team's up 25 nothing. I think we're still up 25 nothing at that one point. And fumbles a ball. They go down and score a field goal. Yeah, they got a yeah. field goal. But yep. still, like, that turnover shouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. I know we're a four, we were a 4-7 and seven team, now 5-7, and seven, but – the fourth down, fourth and five, Winston just get rid of the ball. That's a turnover on downs. It's mm-hmm. not really his fault right. necessarily, but taking the sack was dumb. Mm-hmm. Overall, we didn't score one point in the second half. Yeah, Offensively, yeah. I mean, Matt Gay made something. But truly, offense didn't do crap in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, The first half, he actually looked pretty well. I mean, he, he completed a lot of pretty passes. over. First half, he looked good, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Yeah. Second half, I mean, but that's the thing. You can't be a tail of two halves. you got to be consistent. And he's shown he's inconsistent. Um, overall, he was 21 of 33, 268, no touchdowns, but he was sacked four times. That number seems skewed because there was times where the pocket was so damn clean. I'm like, you have all day to throw. Mm-hmm. Just do something with it. Yeah. And then Kappa getting hurt probably was a big factor too because there was like no pressure at all when he was in there. And then he got out and mm-hmm. – there's a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it didn't help. I think, you know, and that's where we go back. It goes back to our, you know, arguments of uh, pre-snap reads, understanding where the blitzes are coming from, understanding to get your guys in position to pick up the blitz. And the Jaguars did it several times in the second half where they just brought extra pressure. And, um, you know, Jameis just had nowhere to go. So the the Bucks have to, uh, yeah, definitely have to be more consistent, especially in the second half. They should have – they probably should have kept the pedal to the metal and probably could have scored um, 30 to 40 points in this game. But for whatever reason, offensively, they just they stalled out. Yeah, they had a couple decent drives. I mean, those two drives that you mentioned, the fumble, and then they had the turnover on downs. They were in Jacksonville territory but couldn't finish. Um, so that's something that they have to be better. I know they had 31 runs, but again, they weren't effective with it. Um, I don't agree with the the Ronald Jones decision. I mean, yeah, he missed one pass. Yeah, that's his pass too. Yeah, one pass 
blitz, uh, blitz pickup, and then you take him out for the rest of the game. That makes no sense. I mean, you got to let the guy do what he does best, and that's that's run the football. I agree with you on that. You got to come to a point where your best players play, mm-hmm. and because he messed up one assignment, you're gonna put him in the doghouse the rest of the game. Like, yeah, no. And then Peyton Barber, yes, he had those two touchdowns, but overall he averaged two point six a carry, mm-hmm. seventeen carries, forty four yards. Mm-hmm. It's not that good. No, I mean, and then this goes back to him saying, "Oh, when we want to run the ball, we can run the ball." You, you didn't really show that. No. Peyton Barber isn't really the most quick or dominant guy yes he's good he doesn't hurt you let's put it that way mm-hmm. but the thing is rojo is better he's shown it time and time again just give him more carries give him more time and then you look at it you're like he always goes with the hot hand okay again peyton barber wasn't really the hot hand no. okay so the one touchdown was just a great blocking on, on the first touchdown yeah it was, it was a good blocking, execution right yeah they did this the down block simple block and go and and the second touchdown was what, a one-yarder? Yeah, that was a one-yarder on. because of the, uh, I believe they had a, a penalty down there, or or I think they just drove it down the field. But, um, yeah, I mean, easy score. But, yeah, Rojo, I mean, he's a back that gets better with more carries, and he's a guy that gets going, and once he gets in rhythm, he's he's pretty much unstoppable. So Isn't that funny, too? And he always yeah. says, oh, he's going to break one of these. Mm-hmm. But you got to well, yeah. give him that chance. you got to give him the ball for him to break one of these. Right. Just because he's getting stopped out because you're running every first down. Again, you're giving away what the hell you're going to do. Yeah, and they don't do anything different with their runs as far as like doing something different with Rojo, whether it be tosses or off-tackle runs or counters. you, know, you got to do something different to change it up instead of just doing you know, ISO up the middle, up the middle and see what happens. So, But it is funny. They give Peyton Barber the, the, uh, the toss to the outside, the yeah. slowest running back we have. <laughs> it is in no way shape or form a speed back right and then let, Dar- let him try and do it and then Dari gets the third down you know uh field time which i don't understand either the guy doesn't really do much uh to offer but anyway i mean overall looking at it from the offensive standpoint i thought it was a pretty good game i don't really i thought the offensive line played pretty well the first half second half again it goes back to Jameis understanding where the blitzes are coming from and the line picking it up again they had a change at right guard and kind of see that kind of threw some guys off but um for the most part it was a good clean offensive game but the real story again and why the bucks are now five and seven is because of the defense and the way they're playing much better i mean they're just they're getting turnovers it's very similar to that 2016 run when the bucks won five in a row and and that's because of turnovers they were getting the ball they were scoring touchdowns i mean devin white gets a touchdown um then you have you know couple more fumble recoveries and then you have some interceptions so it, it all plays a big part yeah before we i jump into the defense mm-hmm. let's give a little clap golf clap to bernard perryman yeah actually <laughs> looking like a guy that his, can catch a ball had his best game today right 87 yards five catches and oj howard again coming up it looked like routes that you're, you should have been giving him to begin with like mm-hmm. the deep post balls where he can jump up and make a play oh yeah like just getting him involved, and it—they it, were the two leading receivers in this game. Mm-hmm. And it's—it's it's funny. Like, it doesn't have to always be Godwin or Evans. Just find your one-on-one matchups and keep hit, hitting them, right? Mm-hmm. And even though Godwin and Evans still had little catches, but still, it looked like they had big impacts. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, let's move on to the defense. Defense was insane. 
everyone played well. I mean, Sean Murphy bunting's interception in the end zone, end zone. Yeah, that was key. I mean, did, just when they even went back and looked at it, hmm. he switched off of his man. His inside man, he's in the slot, went outside, and he was smart enough. This is something where earlier in the season he wouldn't have done it. He let his man go, and he picked up the outside man slanting in. Right. Pops it up in the air, gets the interception. Everyone was making fun of him for running out of the end zone. When they showed it again, I, I think he was just trying to mm-hmm. cut back to elude the tackler and then just to start going forward again. Yeah. It did look dumb, but well, he, hey, he, he actually, made the play. He actually tweeted about it um, you know, after the game. He said, he? Yeah, yeah, he tweeted about it. He's like, yeah, I got to be better aware and have more football awareness there and just take the, take the knee and take the 25 yards. But he's like, yeah, the offense bailed me out. So he was, um, he was good with it. No, but either way, that, mm. that smart move by Sean right. Murphy Bunting. Yep. Good job, brother. Um, Sean, or not Sean, Shaq Barrett, again, balls to the walls, two sacks, forced fumble. I think his led to Devin White's touchdown. Yes. Yep. Nassib got a sack. So we had overall one, two, three, four, five, five sacks. Right. Jeez, and two interceptions. Two interceptions, yeah. Yeah, the Sean Murphy Bunting play, I mean, that. I mean, you nailed it. It's a perfect sign of the growth that the secondary has taken. And that was a huge play because at the time it was 25-11. They were about to make it, you know, maybe 18 or whatever. It would have been 19 um, to, to come within one score game. So, yeah, that was a big play, and that pretty much sealed the deal. And then the offense kind of ran the clock out a little bit. Um, and then it was pretty much over from there. And then let me say this. We had eight passes deflected. Yeah. Two from Bunting, two from White. White, again, mm-hmm. balling out. This dude is just- yeah, Devin White's like, everywhere. Like his deflection on um, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where Fournette gets up, it shoves him after the play. I don't know how that's not a flag. Right. But they get the little bitch call of O'Leary stopping his route, and the ball's like five yards behind yeah. him. Yeah, O'Leary, O'Leary did a perfect flop. And so just... I don't get that. But Devin White, damn, this man just keeps getting better and better. He's doing real well. I mean, he's coming into his own, making a lot of good plays. Um, so there was a lot of positives defensively. I mean, the one the one downside is Jamel Dean uh, got hurt early in the game, and he had to go out. They brought in Ryan Smith, and you could see once Minshew got in the game, they were really just attacking Ryan Smith and, and going after him. That was one thing that was kind of bothering me is like when yeah. – and that's something you guys got to – like the Bucks need to understand defensively. Like if you're bringing pressure and it's, you know, a third or, or whatever down in situation it is, and if it's short yard to gain – Ryan Smith can't be 10 yards back. I mean, you have to be up there and expect the short pass. So there's a couple of times there where we had the blitz on, could have got a sack, but the coverage wasn't in sync with the the pressure that was being brought. And that's something that needs to change going forward. Please. Yeah. I mean, that that shows that you don't know what you're doing or what Mm -hmm. the play call is. Mm -hmm. And to play that far back, especially on third and five. I understand. I mean, I understand you're playing it safe because we do have the lead and you're up, you know, two scores, but it's still, you know, got to be a little bit more aggressive and and try to play that that first down marker. Yeah, it's the mentality of your defense, too. Exactly. Right? I mean, force the issue. Mm -hmm. If. You, you shouldn't allow them to get the momentum to come back. And that right. that's where you kind of felt a little bit of it teetering the other way. You're like, oh, okay. There was a, one of our friends was texting me during the game, and he was mm-hmm. like, whether it's 25 nothing, it still feels like we can give this ball, ball game away. Right. And it's the sad truth. It's like our offense wasn't doing crap, and all of a sudden now Minshew's there and the crowd's into it. They got one first down, and it's like, oh, God, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to the playoffs. But yeah, just little things like that, they – they need to shut it down, and guess what? This defense is night and day better than 
It was earlier, right? I mean, mm-hmm. everyone was saying, oh, here it comes again. Give Jameis his defense. Yeah. Well, the defense is playing pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, they're playing much better. I mean, the, the front four and the and the linebackers are work, working as one. The blitzes are still kind of like hit or miss, but for the most part, they're doing a better job. I think I like the simulated pressures that they're they're showing with Devin White, and then he's you know going in at times if he doesn't have to guard anyone. So that's good. I mean, he he shoved Fournette out of the way on one <laughs> blitz where he got in pretty well. Um, so yeah, a lot of good signs. Um, again, we just got to hope they continue to progress and and show that they haven't. And this defense could be a lot closer than than we think. Now, granted. Going into the off season, you know, you could have some changes. I mean, there is going to be changes, but for the most part, it looks like you have a nice core um, that's locked up for the foreseeable future. And where do you see the biggest core? Well, the core, I mean, you have obviously you start up front with Vita Vea. I think that's your your core centerpiece. And then you have your Devin White, and then you have Jordan Whitehead, and then you have your outside corners and Carlton Davis and, and Jamel Dean. So I think you're pretty much set there up the middle. So, I mean— the biggest addition subtraction area you're going to see is defensive line. If you think about it, because yeah, because that's something else that we we keep harping. Like we spent so much damn draft capital in secondary, right? And people still think, oh no, we need more secondary. No, I think you it's drafted set. six guys in the past two years. Mm. You're going to draft another one in the first round, a safety. No, but I mean, you have Edwards and Whitehead who are developing. Let them develop. You have, like you just said, Dean and Carlton Davis outside. Right. Let them develop. Sean Murphy Bunting, let him develop. You have all these guys that are coming into their own, learning this new defense, and they're looking good. Mm-hmm. So let them grow together. You don't need any more than that. Right. If anything, get it, find a smaller piece in free agency. You don't need a draft, first-round pick, safety. Like, and a lot of people keep thinking, oh, we need a stud back there. No. Yeah. If anything, you need to help Vita Vea and get some pass rushers around him. That's about it. I mean, or again, this is what we're going to talk about this in the offseason. Jack Barrett finding a way to keep him. And JPP looked like a monster, too. I just want to add that one thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I think JPP is looking really strong. I think, you know, obviously they have decisions to make. You know, if you want to bring back all three and Nassup and Barrett and, and, and JPP, that's going to be, it's going to cost you. So. I think it just depends on where they want to put their resources. Obviously, I would love to see JPP back on a on a friendly team deal, you know, maybe a, another one year deal, eight million or something like that, where you can just have him in the locker room because his leadership is so good for this team. And I think you definitely need him alongside Levante David as your leaders. So I think that'd be nice to see. Um, obviously, Shaq Barrett, you want to keep him because he's got the upside. He's only twenty six years old. Obviously, he's going to cost a pretty penny because he already has, what, 13 and a half sacks or 14, I think, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, you want to you want to keep that guy around. Um, so hopefully they can get a long-term deal done with him. Carl Nassip, again, he's kind of the, the wild card just because you already have Anthony Nelson, who they feel is kind of similar to uh, Carl Nassip. But Anthony Nelson hasn't been on the field, unfortunately, so... You know, hopefully he can get back out there and show some things in the last final games. But yeah, definitely the resources I think need to go to the to the front four because you're going to have some guys that are going to be gone, and you're going to have to yeah. So you're going to have to add pieces. And you know, Twitter, you know, the draft Twitter world is already talking about you know Derek Brown to to the Bucks, but I don't know if we'll be in position now with these wins. So and he's really good. I really like him. Uh, He can really play. He had a nice spin move yesterday. Um, for a sack or pressure 
But um, yeah, I think it's obvious. You know, they're going to add to the to the defensive line and and obviously offensive line. You need some more depth and and starter material there. But yeah, secondary is set. I mean, they're just showing it right now. I think these guys are up and coming. I think they're good enough to to play with the big dogs. I agree. I agree. That's just trying to get everyone to kind of understand everything that's going on, not just mm-hmm. oh one big play gets just thrown out of proportion and it's like oh our right. secondary sucks yeah it, a lot of it's they just need to know where to be mm-hmm. and they're they're slowly learning they had that one big play earlier in the game and then there was no big plays after that so right they're right. shutting it down yep so the defense again i said this from the beginning of the year i think they were going to be bad and then gradually get better the offense was supposed to be the thing that would carry us it's mm-hmm. but it's just inconsistent that's the problem and you have an inconsistent you have an inconsistent quarterback and that usually leads to inconsistent offense and you know that's what we're seeing right now um and that's going to be the big factor going into the offseason as we get closer um to that point is is how how does the contract of Jameis Winston how is that going to affect everything it, it's it's going to have a big impact because you're either going to franchise tag him or or you're going to sign him to a short term deal or long term deal, you know. So it just depends on that number as far as what comes in, because uh, that will that will decide everything else. It'll all trickle down effect. Right, it'll be a heated convo into the off season. Yep. But, uh, lastly, on the special teams, Matt Gay two for two bounce back. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He hit everything two for two in field goals and extra points. Right. Uh, Bradley Pinion did. Well, he had a monster punt. Mm-hmm. It was a 63-yarder. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. He he did well. Again, they had that one big return by D. Westbrook. But, again, Jaguars played it smart. I mean, yep. they triple-teamed Ryan Smith, which you can see that, you know, other opposing coaches are understanding Ryan Smith's the guy every time down the field. So why not take him out of the play? That's what they did. And a uh, big return happened. So. Yeah, other than that. I think we touched on everything on offense, defense, special teams. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty clean game. There wasn't a lot of penalties on our side, I don't believe. Um, and I think we only we only had the one turnover, which was good. So I mean, again, another solid win. And and this is a game we expected to win. Yeah. Um, you know, the matchups again played in our favor. We're just a more talented team than Jacksonville. Jacksonville kind of just they lost their mojo over this last month and i don't know why they made the switch at quarterback that kind of just took the wind out of the sails of the players it seems like and you can see he's the better quarterback like it was obvious today like he's just better as far as in control and where to go with the football and just much quicker than nick Foles is plus i mean when you don't have that many crazy good weapons you just have a running game right a guy that can make people miss and keep the play alive is a lot better than Nick Foles, who's more of a statue. Right, right? exactly. But that's the Jaguars. And then, yeah, the turnovers, one to four. Mm -hmm. That's usually a marker of who's winning the game. 31 rushes for us, only 17 for them. It's just, I mean, that's winning football, Mm -hmm. right? B.A. says it. It's just stick to it, please, and keep your best players on the field. Right. Uh, Moving forward, let's go to a question we didn't get to last week, which Mm – I'm saying, it literally came in right when we ended it. Right. <laughs> this is from uh, Demetrios from the Roblox at Gmail. Remember, guys, email us. We'll always get to it. I know I messed up last week. Sorry, Demetrios, but we're getting to it now because it still applies. He said, hey, guys, after smoking the Falcons, we did. And then he says, if, if we take care of business against the Jags, we did. Mm-hmm. And then beat a scrappy Colt squad, how will your perception of the team change? Despite being low-quality opponents, the effect on our psyche 
could be huge. Demetrius. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I think if they go into next week at Ray J and, and beat the Colts, I think that's a quality win. I think the Colts are a very good team. Again, that's a that's a playoff team from last year and um, you know, really solid squad, well coached. So that'll be a that'll be a good game. That'll be a better test if this, you know, mini two game win streak is for real. Um, you know, Colts are kind of banged up right now, but yeah, I mean, as far as perception, I, I, I think it's definitely a positive and it'll be on the upswing for sure. I mean, winning does that for your team. It does it for your fans. It's a feel-good, you know, vibes, and, and that's what we want to see. We want to see continued progress and momentum, and that's really all you can hope for right now is is getting that going into 2020, have something to build off, and then you can really see where, you know, what you need to uh, correct as far as needs and what to add to and, and really start building identity because that is something this team has lacked and and hasn't had for a very long time touche i mean yeah the people are saying these are meaningless games we're winning it's not meaningless to the players you got to build a culture of winning i mean we've lost so long i mean losing just doesn't do any good for this team right now you got to win games yeah and then it's just people either think you should be championship contenders or just be dead last yeah i mean i understand the pe- people in the middle of the pack yes we, we said that last year because mm-hmm. there there was literally no hope with cutter like we were just fed up the, yeah. the coach had to go you saw the same crap over and over ba yes this is a whole coaching staff that needs to learn right like this you guys are getting too of the fact of oh if you don't see it immediately get rid of it and that that, that can't happen i mean this there used to be a three to five year window where they had a chance to show that they can improve right and we're this isn't meaningless this could be a translation of what's about to happen yeah and you want it to be that way i mean yes we just got two easier wins against all the falcons were up and up so i mean Mm. you can't really say it was that easy right the falcons were a lower record team the jaguars we should have beat yes like you said the colts they're a better coached team. They may not have the talent that we have, but they're better coached. Mm-hmm. And that's a and they've experienced yeah they've experienced winning again. They were yeah. in the playoffs last year, um, you know. Then they have a good squad. They don't really make a lot of mistakes yeah. on both sides of the ball, so it, it'll be a good test. Now they're kind of reeling back too. I mean, they've lost I think two in a row now, so they're kind of on the on the tailspin again. Suffered injuries. They don't have Marlon Mack right now. T. Y. Hilton, etc. So they're kind of banged up. Again, it's at Ray J. It's in our house. Um, you know, we'll have a very good opportunity to get a big win and, and get to get to six wins on the year. And, you know, I, if you had told me the Bucks would win six games like a month ago, I'd probably say you're <laughs> crazy because I didn't think that would have been the case. I, I was expecting maybe four or five, again, the way this team was heading. Uh, but now it looks like it's a possible eight and eight year um, that, that they have potential for. That was the Vegas number, I think, six wins, mm-hmm. and we're, we are in position to get it yeah. right now, right, right. next week. Mm-hmm. But I mean, like you said, they were in the playoffs last last year. They lost to Tennessee Titans this week, thirty-one, I believe, to seventeen. Correct. So again, the Titans are a lot of woulda, coulda, shoulda, a team we should have beat. Right. They're very similar to us. Mm. We we just blew it. Yeah. Again, that's the. The MO of the Bucks, it seems, but mm-hmm. this is a time where you can start showing progression, right? You want you want that as a team, guys. You don't want to continue losing. I, I want to be like, yeah, we're, we can win this game. 
like how it was last week going into the Jaguars game. Right. Like we should be able to win it, but I wasn't confident. Mm-hmm. I'm still not confident we can win games because right. there's always that uh, variable where somebody may throw some interceptions <laughs> or cause something. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, just moving forward, again, depleted team. We could beat them. Let's see if we do. And after that, it's the Texans. That's a true one where that'll be a huge, it's massive test. De- Detroit, oh, then, Detroit then. then Texans. Detroit yeah. basketball. Yeah, Texans is uh, on a on a Saturday. That is the uh, weekend of uh, Christmas, I believe. But so. let's not talk about that. Right. That's that's far down the line. But uh, yeah, I mean, now the next step is we want to see the offense take the progression that the defense has. They need to be more consistent throughout the game. We can't have halves where we score no points. I mean, that's just that's not good. That's something that happened against the Tennessee Titans, and that's why we lost the game. So that's something that has to get better and, and be better called and better prepared. But with that being said, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Again, this was just a little short post-game podcast, and I guys, I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed today's win. And as always, everyone have a great week, and we'll be back probably later in the week uh, yeah. discuss more Colts and Buccaneers that is coming up and go Bucks.